Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, October 10, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have a lot of stuff on the docket. Some stuff that happened at the culmination of last week. Some stuff that's either going to happen or not going to happen this week. And either way, we can project what the price levels slash direction of the market will be. Stay tuned. I'm going to show you how we unpack that situation. Let's start with the daily chart. What's jumping off the page? Let's start with the bigger picture and we'll drill down from there. So A, the trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. Below all the moving averages, the trend is obviously in the downward direction. They're flirting with a low that was just made. So they retested the low or the general area of the low today. So the question is, do they break the lows? And then what does that open up the door to in terms of lower prices? And what we can say is this. We know we've got some unfinished business that we've discussed before down around 350. So from a bigger picture perspective, below the recent low, which is about 357, it really does open the door for 350. Now, from an intraday perspective, from a bounce level perspective, from a market's going to get a rip-your-face-off rally even for half a day perspective, there are other numbers before 350 but 350 is unfinished business. Now, since we're talking about the downside, what else we got? What we got is the head and shoulders pattern that we talked about for many, many days, actually many, many weeks. For the purposes of this discussion, we'll put it on the chart as a reminder of where it is. We're comfortably below the head and shoulders neckline. The question is, where's the target? We talked about that before. 342, 343, maybe down to 340 is the target. And you don't have to pinpoint the target to the penny, although there is a measurement format. It's taught in the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. But we're going to use something else to confirm the target. Not that we know that they're going to get there, but when and if they do get there, We're going to have another reason why in that general zone of the head and shoulders pattern target on the downside, we're going to have another reason why that's going to be an important area for what? You got it, a bounce back in the other direction at minimum for a trade, a swing trade type of situation. Since we can't see anything else below on the daily chart unless I squeeze it together, we'll flip over to the weekly chart, just so we can get a visual of what's going on from a weekly perspective. So forgetting about the low from a couple of weeks ago, when you look at the big picture, being below the low that created a rip-your-face-off type situation, rally to the upside, now we're below that, so they're again failing at this, but not yet failing, at this 200-period moving average, which from a moving average perspective on the weekly chart is the last line of defense. Same deal, the trend is your friend until it's not. For the last two or three weeks, they've been hovering around with a couple of spikes in between, hovering around the 200 period moving average doing what? You got it, 
building energy in a bearish, flaggish formation that will generally result in a move and a subsequent move in the downward or southern direction. That seems to confirm the fact that the market's weak, the trend is down, we have a target on the downside of the completion of the head and shoulders pattern, we'll just call it at a minimum, down in the low 340s neighborhood. What else is down there? Can we draw on anything else that's uber important down there? Not so much from a visual perspective on the weekly chart. You have a big time reversal slash breakup candle. The low is a lot lower than 340 and change. It's more like 327. The low here is 327.24. Maybe they get down there. Maybe they're doing the capitulation thing. Maybe they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Not so fast. What happens when we look at the monthly chart? And I'm not talking about this 318 business. We'll get to that later. That's unfinished business for another time. But here's what we do have. So let me just draw your attention to this pivot high right over here. So the market runs up to that pivot high and then it collapses back down. This was the COVID slash Corona low. So in addition to the low, what we also have here is the last high before the coronavirus scare and the market collapsing back down. That's also a point that's very important. Forget about the reasons why. Forget about corona. Forget about COVID. Forget about all that stuff. Just think in terms of what the market actually did. Take away the news. Take away the reasons. Take away the wall of worry or whatever you want to take away. And just think about it for what it is. The market ran up to this point, forget about the reasons, and then it fell away. The market, Mrs. Market in fact, thinks that this area, that price level that it stopped at, couldn't get any higher at the time. Mrs. Market thinks that that price level has importance. We don't really care what the reason is. Mrs. Market has her own reason. The only thing we need to know is where the prices are. The why really doesn't make any difference. Okay, fair enough. What's that price? How about 339.08? And by the way, before we go any further with this business of why that would stop the market there, let's just use a different price level as evidence of the same thing. So not only did the market run up to this spot here and pull back, but it also had the same effect that I'm talking about. Yeah, it's above the 50 period moving average doesn't mean they won't come in to the 50 period moving average, but look what happened here. A few months ago, they stopped short of it, bounced away. Here they've stopped at it. They may go lower, but at least for a few weeks, they've stopped at it, which tells you that the market believes that that price area is important. So why not the same routine when it comes down to the next price area? that Mrs. Market thought was important, which is, once again, the high is 339.08. We're back to the weekly chart, and you'll see we've marked on the chart 339.08. Maybe they come up short by a couple of bucks. Maybe they spike it through by a buck or a couple of bucks. But it happens to be in the general vicinity of the target of the head and shoulders pattern. It's a little bit lower, but not much lower. You see how we start to develop 
the systematic approach to finding important price areas on different charts for different reasons, all pointing to the same thing. It's a confluence of reasons why the market is likely to find some semblance of support in the area between 343, let's say, and 339, maybe even a spike of 339. From an intraday perspective, that's a wide zone. From a monthly chart or a weekly chart perspective, it's not. It's a normal garden variety spike through. Now we're pulling it back together, back to the daily chart. That only gets activated at this point, and we take the market one step at a time, one stage at a time, one candle at a time. That stuff only gets activated if they start closing daily below the recent low of 357 and change. Now, whether they do or they don't this week, they're ultimately going to do this. Whether or not they bounce first or not is an open question. However, there's something else that we should all be aware of. On Friday, they had one of our shenanigan tail candles. I put it out in the Twitterverse, and this is the image of what I posted on Twitter, and I was catching the actual shenanigans tail candle before it disappeared off the chart. So we'll talk about where it goes to. Back to the regular chart, and you'll notice it goes to the gap. It goes to fill the gap left open from last week on the 6th of October. So how do we treat that information? Well, what we can't do is we can't say, let's buy the market because they're going to go fill the gap. You don't know when they're going to go fill the gap. What happens if they go 25 points lower before they come back up on a rally and fill that gap and do something else? You don't know. I don't mean 20 S&P points. I mean 25 SPY points going down to fill the, or fulfill, I should say, the head and shoulders completion. All we need to know about the shenanigans tail candle that goes up to the gap, we'll call it 373.20 for argument's sake, give or take. All we have to know is if they do start to rally, that would be a legitimate target from an intraday perspective. And by the way, so would the gap, but it gives you some kind of evidence along the way that the market or Mrs. Market or Mrs. Market's minions were giving you some kind of a hint in the form of a shenanigans tail candle by sending the market up there intraday from at least a visual perspective creating the tail candle. They didn't actually trade up there, but on the chart, they did trade up there. But you and I both know that that didn't happen. So that's why we call it a shenanigans tail candle. So if the market starts to rally and they start to get over Friday's high, well, then the evidence is building and it's pretty clear they're going to go fulfill the shenanigans tail candle and maybe more. That's the way we use that type of information. Let's check out inside the numbers. We had a happy Monday. Follow through in the southern direction. Or is there a DCB dead cat bounce on the docket? Well, let's say there's a bounce. This is the zero dark 30 look. This is the big picture look. And then we narrow it down when the opening bell is approaching and following. So we need to know where we are. We need to know what the numbers are as the pregame warm-up routine. Let's say there's a bounce in an effort to run a rescue operation. The bulls would have to start by staying above Friday's close, 362.79. Let's do the visual thing as we go along the way. Right of the vertical is today's activity. We've got a five-minute chart, and you can see in the first five-minute candle of the day, the low was 362.81. 
against 362.79. They came into it in the next candle, the next one after that. But as you can see, they tried to fight the 372.79, which was the closing price from Friday. Staying above is the bull case. Staying below is the bear case. So we had the bull case and some higher numbers that we didn't actually need after the opening bell. But what we did need is if they fall, 360 and a spike of it would be on the docket. There's your 360. Again, after the opening bell, there were other numbers, there were other things that develop. The big picture is knowing where the really important stuff is. And 360 is a big fat round number. It's going to draw the market in. They're attracted to those type of numbers. They like to spike through them. And then they'll make a decision on whether or not they're going to hold for a bounce or they're going to be resistance, which activates a lower number below the big fat or the pivot or whatever the important number is at the time. That's the way the market works. It stair steps up and down, visiting, testing, and then making a decision about important numbers. And then we have closing candles below 359.50 opens the door for a rundown to test the recent lows around 357. They came up slightly short of that, but they certainly made the effort. All right, let's see what we have as the day begins to get underway. They ran up north close to the opening bell as the opening bell approaches. They do that kind of thing kind of more often than not, even when they're down big overnight. Somehow they find their way to fight back around the opening bell. It's somewhat of a phenomenon. So the early pivot is around 364.35. Seems to be an important number. Back to the visual, I've moved the line up, and you'll see in the first candle of the day, they couldn't even get there. They tried to get there. They tried to run a test of that number. They came up short. They couldn't even go for a retest a few candles later. So what we do know is if they can get above, it opens a door for higher stuff. If they stay below, which they did, it keeps the door open for the bears to run a test of 362.79. You know that number from earlier, but now we're approaching game time, the opening bell. So if they're not going to be able to get above the pivot, and this is important because this is where trades happen, they're going to come back down to run a test of Friday's close, 362.79 or lower. So what does the 9.19 a.m. post say? In short, here's what we can expect. If they can't spend any time above, and this can also be exchanged for even get to 364.35, then they're going to come down and fill the gap. Can they spike above? But staying above is the key for the bulls. So now we've got both lines on the chart, and here was the concept. If they can't get to or above 364.35, they're going to come back down to fill the gap. Now, there are some traders that are experienced enough to take that trade. They're going to short the market against 364.35. What does that mean, against? It means that if they start closing candles above 364.35, they're going to realize the trade is wrong, or they give themselves some kind of uncle point, meaning, well, if they start getting above some number, I'm just going to cut and run. I'm taking the risk that they're going to come back down to at least fill the gap. They did that. They bounced off the gap, which they normally do. They normally would. That's garden variety market activity. They don't have to, but they generally do. And then it's decision time. Start closing candles below the gap, and it opens a door for lower stuff. This is just 
fundamentally, and really not to use the word fundamentally, but technically, I should say, the way the market works. So still, before the opening bell, getting down to 362.79 and lower represents a bull bear battle place. Let's move along for a moment, see what else we have. You already saw what happened. They had to stay above or they were going to get below. If they get below, if they can't stay above that closing price from Friday, 361.65 is on the table and likely a spike of it. And if they do that, 943, we should see a bounce back for at least a scalp trade. Bounce back in the other direction. That would be a long opportunity. 361.65. As you can see, they spiked it. It came a little bit lower. They did have the run back up in the other direction. The high in this candle is 363. Now, why is 363 important from an intraday perspective? Well, let's see what else we have as the day continues on. 956, there's your initial bounce off 361.65. If they start closing candles below, the door opens for 360.94. They didn't do that right away. The bounce occurred, and as you can see in the 9.57 a.m. post, traders long can look for a spike up to 363, which would be a legit bounce. Must book profit before they're already giving a nice bounce. This was right before 10 o'clock. The bounce occurred right about 10.30, between 10.25 and 10.30, and that was to 363 on the button. Traders in the room took that trade. There were plenty of traders inside the numbers that took that trade. That was, by definition, a nice trade. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. You're gonna see both sides of the tape, you're going to see which numbers are important. You're going to see what the next numbers are, where the door opens to if they get below or above a certain number. This is what you see each and every day. As the day goes on, the schematic becomes clear, the numbers become clear, and they're posted on the board. Stocks on the move. We had five potentials today. We're going to take a look at the charts of PayPal, General Motors, Las Vegas Sands, and Wynn Resorts. We'll start with Wynn Resorts, and what you can see here is they cut through the first number like a hot knife through butter. They bounced at the second number, let you out with a very small profit if you're painting by the numbers, and yet an average price in between, like right here, around $68.85, give or take. And then once they started coming back down and closing candles below the second number, the door was open for the third number, and obviously in this case, worse. It's just trading 101 stuff. This is just looking at the chart, seeing what happened as a Monday morning quarterback, but understanding that you can use this information into the future. If they bounce at the second number and they give you the trade at the second number, just using number number two's number, right? What does that mean? That was weird. That was clear as mud. So let's clear it up a little bit further. If they bounce at the second number and you're looking at the second number, in this case, independent of everything else, they are. All these numbers are independent of one another. They're all important. So when I'm giving you three numbers in the beginning of the day, I'm giving you the three numbers that below opens the door for other stuff that you don't want to be there. If there's only two numbers, then there's only two numbers. The numbers are a zone when they're close together when they're not a zone, not very close together, they're treated independent of one another, 
And in a lot of cases, we've seen them visit the second number. That was the number. They bounce back, and then they rally from there. That didn't happen here. But my point is, once they rallied off the second number, and they came down below the second number and started closing candles, that was a different trade than at 9.40 in the morning, for example, having come into the third number, you're looking for the bounce back up. You're looking for that third portion of the position and the bounce back. But the later you go in the morning, the less likely that's going to be. The later you go in the trading session, the less likely that's going to be. It's just right out of trade school 101. PayPal came into 8509, posted at zero dark 30. They came up short and bounced away. So some traders would have taken a pass here. Other traders take the trade anyway. It worked out anyway. They gave you the minimum required base hit. And then they came back to do what? Hover around the 85 price area. They were hanging around for a cup of coffee. Very similar deal with GM. They came close, they bounced away. They came into the number, they spiked it, and then they provided the tradable opportunity. This isn't the same as I was just describing as win, but this is similar. So LVS, you could see the second number provided the bounce. They kind of got back to a break even in between number number one and number number two. And then the third number also worked independent of the other two. And where did they bounce back to? The second number. So at the end of the day, essentially, if you just held on, just for argument's sake, hypothetical trade, hypothetical trader, they got you out at break even. What's going on over in camp, IWM? Well, they're doing the bearish wedge thing. They're coming down. Looks like they want to retest the former lows. So here's your move downward. And then this is a channel. It's a bearish wedge. You can call it anything you want, whatever you want to call it. They're kind of breaking below this, which opens the door for the lows. And if they break the lows, they'll be scaling down with everything else. It's all the same tape. It's all the same market. So if markets are falling, they'll all be falling. The IWM is, in fact, below all the moving averages. The trend is your friend. All the same stuff applies. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They are my second favorite market leading indicator next to Camp IWM, which is the first one, but they are my only and favorite canary in the coal mine. What's going on here? So let's look at this chart. Let's have a realization that it looks different from the other charts. It's not hovering near the lows. Spiders are hovering near the lows. IWM isn't too far away from the lows. But all of a sudden, what we notice with the transports is almost the opposite thing of the bearish wedgish thing. It's actually a bullish wedgish thing. How do you like dem apples? It doesn't mean that the market's not going lower. But what it does mean is when you look at each chart independent of one another and you find something of an anomaly, you have to put it as a puzzle piece. It's on the table. My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine, is making a bullish formation. Friday, they came down to fill a gap down here, bounced off of it, and they're staying above the gap. Just saying, put it on a sticky note. What about the Q people? Well, unlike the chart we just looked at, this chart looks the exact opposite. They broke the lows and they closed below the lows. The low I'm talking about is here, 267.10. They closed today at 266.41. That's below the low. That's a negative sign. Downtrend, the trend is your friend. We've got the head and shoulders pattern from the other chart. So we can see conflicting data. We have a canary in the coal mine looking at a bullish pattern setup. 
we have the cues looking like they want to unravel and have the rubber band break. What's the rubber band? The more you stretch a rubber band to the end, one of two things has to happen. Either snaps in two or it snaps back. So the markets are at a very critical phase right now. They're either going to snap down and do some of this lower stuff we talked about, or they're going to snap back in an effort to have another rip-your-face-off rally, frustrate the shorts. That's the way the market works. We know how things work. It's really the work of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, also known as Trick and Company. Their job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. So, for example, if they rip back up in the other direction, all the traders that got short when they closed below the low would get what? You got it they would be issued a pie in the face. The XLF, same downtrend, it's just in a different position as some of the other charts. This one isn't at the lows yet, but this is not telling us a bullish formation like the transports were. Now, if the transports come down hard, they're gonna break that formation apart, but that's what they have today. We're only concerned with what the chart says today. The XLF is flirting with the lows. Any more pressure in the market, they're gonna come down, test the lows, whether or not they close below the lows will tell us what the next thing is going to be. Close below the low, we have numbers below. If they bounce off the lows, it's like a stay of execution. Speaking of executions, the SMH or Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is in the process of being taken out behind the woodshed. They are in the process of giving up its weekly chart 200 period moving average. Now, we talked about this before, not with the SMH, but with the SPY. This one is below, comfortably now below, the weekly 200 period moving average. That's a bearish signal. And by the way, the SMH, if there is one, is the canary for the tech space. Can tech pull down the rest of the market? Sure, why not? Real quick, taking a look at the monthly chart, now they've come into, and they're below, they're testing the monthly chart 50 period moving average. Now, here's the situation. We've looked at this before on this or other charts, and the fact that they didn't come into it here, this would have been a bounce opportunity, but they bounced in front of it. Now, the importance of that same moving average is diminished because they came close and had a really nice bounce away. Now, coming back to it, it's no longer the same type of support that it normally would be if they came from afar. So we're not really looking at this 50 period moving average as a big deal, but there is a bigger deal below. Around 174 and change, the low of this breakup candle, 174.61, that is important. That is a monthly chart, big time, breakup candle low, the market under normal garden variety conditions would fight that price. Maybe they come up slightly short, maybe they spike it through a little bit, but they're gonna fight that price. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.